Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. I'm always humbled. I said it a couple times tonight when I get the second date. You know, the first time, you don't know me, and, uh, but then to be able to come back tonight, I was really half worried that Brother Tyler would say, listen, we, we don't need you this evening. But uh, there goes the glasses. I'll leave them on for a second. I don't know. How are you? Did you have a nap? You get some lunch? Oh, anytime I sit in my chair, I have a, we have a chair that's mine in the living room. It's just like, it's almost like a switch hit and I am out. And uh, I sat in that chair today and I was out. And uh, sometimes I can hear the conversations around me, you know, when my kids are talking about me. And uh, is dad going to get up? What's he going to do? And, and so, uh, but today uh, I was just thankful. Pretty bad on a Sunday when you have to set an alarm so you can go to church. And, uh, but it's just good to be here. Good to be here with you. Uh, I sang this morning, and if you don't mind, I'll sing again. And uh, this, song, this song is one that, man, I don't know of a song that speaks of the church. The song says that you're never too broken to belong. You know, I think sometimes we try to cover our brokenness. And when we cover our brokenness, we lack that authenticity. And that authenticity, you know, the Bible says if you will humble yourself, God will raise you up. And a lot of times we're not healed and put back together, I think, is because we won't humble ourselves. And uh, so listen to the song, Never Too Broken to Belong. The door is open, come on in as you are. All you need to bring is what remains of your heart. I see the years of fear, the pain on your face. But take a step and enter in. You are safe in this place. You're never too broken to belong. Never too wounded, never too far gone. Cause here you'll find Jesus, find your home. You're never too broken to belong. Come find the perfect love that no one deserves. A peace so sweet it can't be put into words. And grace that's greater than the darkest of sin. So taste and see, take His hand, let the healing begin. You're never too broken to belong. You're never too wounded, never too far gone. Because here you find Jesus and find your home. You're never too broken to belong. We too were wounded and defeated, so we know how you feel. But by the wounds of our Redeemer, we believe and we 
you're never too broken to belong you're never too wounded never too far gone it's here you find Jesus and find your home you're never too broken to belong you're never too broken to belong you've been broken and I think we need to tonight open our Bibles let's turn our Bibles to 1 Thessalonians 5 what I love about that song is not just the broken part, right? Because that's the, that's the leader. But I think the, the key is the fact that we belong. We belong. And uh, so we're going to be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 tonight. I really want to thank the, the gentleman in the sound booth and taking care of the, the, uh, the slides this morning that uh, you would be very helpful. I need to let them know at our church uh, that that's possible, that they can respond to me and put words up if I want to sing a song just randomly. So I don't know, I don't know where I'll go tonight. Sometimes songs just kind of spill out. And, um, you know, this morning it was, he was, he is able, right? And, uh, uh, but what a, what you guys are awesome. Two thumbs up and a big smile. It's good to be together. Look at the person next to you and say, good evening. And then I want you to look at them and say, God loves you. God loves you. And then look at them and say, boy, you're ugly. (laughs) That might be the first, well, that's the second honest thing, that God loves you. Oh, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's good to be together. So I get a second chance, but probably not a third after that one. Telling everybody they're ugly, you won't be invited back. First Thessalonians chapter 5. You know, when we read through the Scriptures, there are certain passages of Scriptures that we kind of read quickly through. There are, right? So when we, when we would read through uh, genealogies, man, isn't that painful? You know, we just kind of make up sounds. Uh, for pastors, sometimes it's difficult because in our study, when we're reading them, we don't really read them out loud when we're sermon, you know, sermon prepping. And then we come to the pulpit on Sunday. Let me tell you my little tip, my little tip and trick. I fake it till I make it. There's not really too many people in the church that are going to say, pastor got that wrong. Most people are going to say, wow, he did a pretty good job with that, right? And, uh, but reading through the genealogies, and you wonder, why, why is that included? And you know what? Every one of us is important. There are people that when you study the Bible, the, uh, the Bible's like a, well, I don't want to say it's like an onion, but it's got layers upon layers and upon layers. And as you peel layer after layer off, you get more truth and more, uh, you know, uh, revelation. And so, as we look at this passage, this is one of those. This is the last couple verses of a chapter of a book. Now, you know that the chapter divisions aren't inspired, right? The, the verses divisions, they were put in later for clarity. Uh, many times as pastors, when we're studying the Scripture and any, any Bible, Bible study, sometimes the chapter divisions get in the way because it almost makes you think there's a break when sometimes it's not. And, uh, but here we find this, these closing, it's, it's the goodbyes, so to speak, what we would call a salutation, right? A benediction, uh, salutations, the greeting, but the benediction as it's closed. And a lot of times we read them, we read them very quickly because a lot of times they don't have a great deal of doctrinal implication. The, the word grace is mentioned here. There's some there's some, some truth that we're going to find. But, you know, when you're reading through the book of First Thessalonians, Paul's dealing with a lot of issues for this church. They need to be encouraged. They're a church that's being put through the ringer. Uh, they are 
uh, they're just, they're just, they're really struggling. They're being persecuted. They're, they're, they're really, Paul was only there for about three weeks to establish the church before he was ran out of town. And, and so this is a church that needs encouragement. And there's a great deal of doctrine. There's a great deal of, 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 I'm going to say theology, but a great deal of, of, of organized thoughts that Paul was laying down. And this is his goodbye statement. And so, not that it lacks theology, because it's the Word of God, but it is a great practical list of instructions. So I realize on a Sunday night, typically, this is, uh, you know, we would call the core of the church, right? Sunday morning, there'll be some people that maybe they're new to the area or new to the church or, you know, but the, the people that come back after the Baptist nap on Sunday afternoon, you are the people that are, you know, I need this for this week. And I, I am uh, looking for, that, that's who's here on Sunday night. That's, that's this crowd. So let's take a look at verse 25 through 28. We'll pray, and then we'll jump right into it. And we'll see uh, a few things tonight. Uh, the title of the message is Church People. Church People. Brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with an holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Father God, we thank you so much for these words that you have seen fit to inspire, to preserve, Lord, to use. And so I pray that you'd use them tonight in a way that encourages us, that instructs us, that gives us uh, a lamp to our feet and a light into our path. And I pray that you would use me. I humble myself. I need you. I can't do this in and of myself. Lord, what has to happen if we're here in church is for you to meet with us. So Lord, remove me out of the way. Let it be you that's seen and you that's heard. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. When you were to, if you were to look at any of the uh, the books of the New Testament that Paul wrote, some of them he's asking for some very practical things. He asked for his cloak to be brought to him, right? He's, he's asking for certain individuals to come to him. It's, his, it's their, their way of communicating. You know, my son said, I don't know, it was yesterday or today, he said, I don't know how teenagers did it before cell phones, right? I was around before cell phones as a teenager. You know, we had to, you know, call collect with the message instead of the name, you know, uh, I remember some of my friends thought they were cool when they got pagers. What did they need pagers for, right? In high school, pagers, right? Um, uh, my dad had a pager. That was so cool. And, um, you know, you could text him letters and turn it upside down and it would say things. And, and that was always fun. But as this letter closes, this is Paul's way of communicating to the church. If you have, if you've studied the book of 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, you know this church is a church that's going through it. They're going through it so much that actually in 2 Thessalonians, just written very close to 1 Thessalonians time-wise, they think that they're in the middle of the tribulation. Life has gotten so hard that they believe they are living in the day of the Lord, the day where God's wrath is being poured out on them. They believe that they, they, they are just that kind of, I would use the word punch drunk. They are just, they're spinning, they're reeling. How can, you know, how do, how do we put things together? And Paul's going to lay out for them a lot of instruction. He spends a lot of time complimenting them. Now, if you read their letter to Corinthians, by contrast, Paul spent a lot of time in Corinth establishing that church compared to what he did in Thessalonica. And the tone of Corinthians is very stern from the jump, Right? Hey, we need to fix some things here. But here in, in Thessalonica, in this letter that's being written and being read, it's an encouragement. And so here he gives some basic conducts. They're kind of what I would call home training. Home training. You know, we had some, my mom and my dad taught us some things. Number one, we were never, and this isn't the message. I don't want everyone upstairs, but wait, that's not his point. Number one, we were always told that we should never tell what happens in our house outside of our house, right? Parents, don't you wish kids listened to that, right? Um, you know, don't, don't 
Don't, you know, when, when, don't, don't do that. You know, when you're at the table, remember, you know, we, I have a son. My son was first, and um, my son would, um, uh, you know, he, he doesn't need a napkin when he's wearing a good pair of pants. Why do you need a napkin? Right here. Now, I've gotten a little bit better, all right? As I've gotten older, I put my hand in my pocket, right? All right, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna lie. It's just, every once in a while, you're looking around, you got nothing, you're like, right? And you're just like, hey, what's going on? Brother Tyler just brought his wife close. There probably is a story there, right? Um, you know, and, and, and so you teach your children, use a napkin, right? Maybe you taught them how to use a fork and a knife. And, and uh, you know, just an aside, I remember when the kids came home and they were, when they were younger, they would come and we'd ask them to say grace for a meal. My, uh, my kids would always say, thank you for this food and help us not to choke. In Jesus' name, Amen. And I thought, why are they praying that? And then I watched them eat, and I realized that's a very real concern, you know? And, uh, you know, but we're, we have these, we teach manners. We call them soft skills, right? We teach them, you know, how to, uh, how to recognize when you offend someone, how to say you're sorry, right? These are just some, some things that there's no class in school that teaches them. It's on us as parents and grandparents and uncles and aunts that to, to convey these on for a, you know, a society that respects and honor each other. This is a set of instructions that Paul gives in that vein. He's going to give us a little bit of instruction of how we conduct ourselves in the house of God. Now, he writes to Timothy and Titus, and he gives them instruction, but this, those books, he's writing to individuals. He's writing those to preachers. But this, this book, he's writing to the church, and he's got a list here of some things that really, there's three bits of instruction, and then a prayer that he offers, but like any pastor, we pray, and we're also given instruction as we pray. And Paul's given some instruction here. And so we want to just kind of set the decorum for a church. Now, let me just say this. This is not preached tonight from my heart to yours because uh, I found it to be lacking at all. Brother Tyler will tell you this was, this was something that I was led to speak on tonight even before I was here. Can I tell you this morning, I felt so warm and welcome by you all. It was a sweet time. Uh, by just in that front row as, as you all were singing and just, it just felt so sweet. The Holy Spirit was here. And I told my wife later, I said, before I even hit this first step, I felt comfortable. And that's hard when you preach out, especially people you don't know. And you're going to try, I don't try to hold anything back. I try to be me and to share my heart. And, and from, from that, before that first step, Boy, I'll tell you what, I felt comfortable. What a sweet spirit it is here. So let's look at verse 25. Brethren, pray for us. Now, church people should be praying people. Church people should be praying people. Now, I know that's common sense, but can I tell you, if there's one area of my life that I have had to consistently improve... It's my prayer life. I have no problem praying when I'm in distress. I have no problem when I'm, when I'm, when I'm feeling lost. But Paul's not just praying, saying, hey, pray for you, pray for yourself. He's saying, brethren, pray for us. Can I tell you why he said that? Because Paul needed that. Paul needed those prayers. Your preacher, Pastor Yanizzi, is going through, just like you're going through transition, I know he's going through transition. Would you be praying for him? His ministry's not over there just yet. He's still got a little bit of time before he's able to make his way back here. Would you be praying for him? Would you be praying for those here that are laboring among you? I'd be, I'd be honored and humbled if you'd pray for me, if you put me on your prayer list. Listen, Paul needed them. I want you to understand a couple things. Number one, underneath of this, I have a lot of number ones. 
Praying with people allows you to partner with them. When you pray with somebody, you are partnering with them. Can I tell you, we all need help. These in this church loved Paul and they were separated from him at a distance and they, they, they had a heart for Paul. They had, a part, they had a heart for his ministry. And Paul was saying, pray for us. And when you pray for each other, when you pray for those that serve, you partner with them. We don't always live in the shoes of others. But we can pray for them. Listen, you might have someone that approached you and has some, some hard and difficult news that they're, they're bearing. You, you may not ever know what they're feeling like, but you could pray for them. You may not have the words to say, man, I, you know what, I wish I had the silver bullet sometimes. That if I just said this word, this phrase, this verse, that suddenly all of the anxiety and all the problem would melt away, but that's not the way it works, is it? But I can pray for them. When you pray with somebody, you partner with them. When you pray for them, you're seeking God's power for the need. You know, as a pastor, I pastor a small church over in Philly. We, you know, Philadelphia is a, a city of neighborhoods. And uh, if you, you go, I mean, literally, you can go one block over and it's a different world in the city. And uh, we, we are in a small community. We're a small church. And we've had our share of trials and difficulties, everything from budget to building to, you know, uh, bugs. And like we've had it all through the years. As a pastor, a lot of times, let me just confess, I take those burdens like they're my own, like I own them. And every once in a while, I have to be reminded, Lord, this is your place. These are your people. The doors, whether they stay open or not, that's up to you, not me. You know, a lot of times we are proud of our strength and what we've accomplished sometimes, right? But prayer says it's not about that at all. It's, Lord, I need you. It's declaring that we rely on God. Church people need to be praying people. But praying does something else too. Praying recognizes the need for divine protection. You know, I, I have a friend of mine that every time we get into the car he's, and he's driving, he say, hey, hey, let's pray for, for, uh, for, for, for travel and mercies. Now, can I confess, I don't do that. I drive in the city, maybe I should. But you know, how many, you know how much of our life we go by not acknowledging the fact that we need God's protection? God's provision? They understood what Paul was going through with his tribulations because they were going through it as well. They were suffering afflictions as well. Man, there's nothing like someone who prays for you that knows what you're going through. And that's what they did. Look at verse 26. All the teenage guys are getting excited now. Well, maybe not. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. Right? I ain't giving that guy a kiss. Church people should be a close people. Not just a praying people. Church people ought to be a close people. The holy kiss thing can be comedic sometimes, right? You know, it's, it's uh, you know, we, we sit down, we've got, I've got a son uh, who's 18. He, he's, uh, he's on his way right now. He's on his way back to college. And um, he was home for the weekend and headed back to school for the last push. And uh, he's got a young lady friend that he brings around our house. We can't shake her. We've tried. Um, he keeps bringing her back. My wife has really tried. Um, and she just won't. You know, it's like the mailman trying to get rid of the dog on the... I'm not calling her a dog, <laughs> all right? But, um, you know, we have this, 
this arrangement, right? And that, that you, know, you know what I'm talking about. They're dating. They're, you know, you know all of the, I think she's the one. And I'm just like, I love it. When they post pictures on their social media, I always put the vomit emoji as a response, right? If you don't know what the vomit emoji is, ask a teenager. They'll show you. But, you know, we draw the line, right? And, and, and I could just imagine, I could just imagine, you know, them using this verse, a holy kiss. Yeah, I'll give you a holy kiss. Your grin will be holy when I'm done with that. It's not a romantic kiss, right? Right? It's not a romantic kiss. We know that. So what is it? So in their culture, their culture helps. The kiss on the cheek or the forehead was the primary greeting between family and close friends. Pastor Penichetti was my pastor. He's kissed me on the lips. You can't, you can't even get out of the way. Right? And, you know, he's, he's Italian. He's 75 years old. He grabs my both sides of the head. Hey, Whitey. That's what he calls me, Whitey. Joe White, Whitey. That's gotten us some trouble, by the way. <laughs> Pastor Yanizzi is Italian. Okay? When he sweats, you can bottle the olive oil. That's how Italian he is, right? He is not just going to be a handshake guy, right? He's going to lean up and every once in a while. I don't know if, he's, if you've already experienced it. I'm just warning you, it's coming, all right? I don't know what Southern Florida's, or Florida's done to him, but I'm telling you, he's, he, he, same thing, just a, just a hug. You know, it, it's, a, it's a sign of you're not a stranger, it's a sign of I'm with you, doing life together. It's the equivalent of our, our, our handshake and hug. Now, in the city, the guys, we don't even have to handshake sometimes. We could just do a, you know what I'm talking about, guys? Just a, a little nod. What's up? What's going on? Paul, what Paul's saying is treat each other as family. They're not just in the same club. It's not a social gathering that you're here a part of. This isn't, uh, you know, you're not just attending the same services. Beyond neighbors, your family. He said, greet all the brethren. All are family. Every family has some crazies in it. Amen. That's right. And if you don't think your family has crazies, there's a good chance you're the crazy. Right? Just, just in case you're wondering. No, no, no. My family's all normal. Yeah, yeah. They're all talking about you tonight. Now listen, you know what he says? Greet the brethren with a holy kiss. You know what that is? At the very beginning, at the very start of your interaction, not just at the end of the service, but from the jump, we're treating each other with a love, with a closeness. Treat each other as family. We understand the concept of the family of God, right? Have you heard this? I, I, I don't need the words up. I'm not going to sing it all. We sing it. We used to sing it every, every time we started our, our afternoon service. It's, you know, the, the old Gaither song. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood. Join us with Jesus as we travel this side. For I'm part of the family, the family of God. Right? Do you know the story behind the writing of that song? Bill Gaither travels. He's a, he, he sings music, and maybe you've seen him and, 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 and uh, the videos on all the different stations and all the different things. He said, Bill, Bill Gaither tells the story, he said, you know, it was really odd for us to be home on a weekend. He said that, you know, the, just the nature of what they did and how they toured, they were away. A lot of their events were Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, and sometimes Sunday in churches. And he said it was really, really hard for him to have that sense of community because he wasn't there when everyone gathered on Sunday. 
And he said one particular week, they had, for whatever reason, there was a break in the schedule and they were home. And it was Saturday night and they were at the church. And, uh, you know, they, were, they were, had some fellowship going on and, and uh, they, left, they left out. And then Sunday they're back at the church and they're having fellowship. And there was a gentleman in the church who was really under a lot of financial pressure because of a health issue in his home. He owned a shop. He owned, uh, I believe it was an automotive repair shop, and he decided on Sunday afternoon he was going to go back into the office and work. It was his way of kind of making some extra money and his way of, of getting ahead on the week and, and taking care of some of the bills. Well, something had happened, and there was a horrible fire that took place in that shop, and this man was very severely burned. To the point where they brought the family in and just said, you know, it's... it's you, you probably need to prepare yourself and you probably need to prepare yourself to say goodbye. And he said, before you knew it, that the, the word had just flooded, flushed through the church that everyone knew and everyone was praying and everybody was, oh my word, what do we do? And people were baking things and, 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 and rushing things over. And, 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 and Bill said, you know what? He said, we, we did our little part. He said, but it just blew me away that here was this family of families that rallied the support. From what I understand, the man recovered. There was all they 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 gave money to they 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 you know they helped support the needs of that family. They uh, they would pick the children up from school and they all the things that you would do for family. And he said, "I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God." Man, I tell you what, the Bible tells us. Paul tells us to be a close people. Now look at verse 27. Verse 27, Paul says, I charge you by the Lord. When you, when you see that type of language, Paul's serious. I charge you. I'm putting this to your account. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle, this letter be read unto all the holy brethren. Church people should be an inclusive people. Church people should be and inclusive people. See, at first chance, at first glance, you probably think, well, let this, let this epistle be read. You know, it, it's, 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 it's not merely a command to read the scriptures. It's not just read your Bible today. It's not that at all. That's already been emphasized. What he's emphasizing is read it together. Read it Together, look at that verse. Unto all the holy brethren. This isn't just a public reading. This word gives it greater significance. This phrase, all. All the holy brethren. All. Not just the influential. Not just the leaders. Think about it. This letter comes, right? The, the leaders are in the church. Uh, you know, they didn't have buildings like this, to, like, like we do today. The letter would have been uh, hand-delivered. It would have been read. And Paul's saying, listen, it's not just for the pastors and the leaders to read this and then tell everybody what it says. He says, no, I want everybody to hear this. Everybody. Not just the men. Not just the free. There were slaves that were a part of this church. He said, all the holy brethren. The command is, make sure no one's left out. Can I tell you, that's a hard thing. That's a hard thing for a church leader to make sure that no one's left out. A few years back, well, it's many years back now, but a few years back, we had a Valentine's banquet at our church. And at our church, I'm, you know, for a while there, I felt like I was one of the older people in my church. We, we have a young church, small church. And, um, and we had a Valentine's banquet. We had a nice meal set up. We had, and my, my brother and his wife and, and some other people that were kind of around our age, they, you know, they were, they were all there. And there was a table and my wife and I sat at this table with, uh, you know, people who get along with. People that are going through the same stuff, with same period of life of us. 
You know, they've got kids. We're, we like the sports and, you know, all of those things. We, we really enjoyed it. And, and everybody kind of settled in their own groups, right? Nothing wrong with that. Except in walked a couple that didn't have a space at any other table. And I'm looking at the table I'm at, and I'm like, this table is going to be a whole lot of fun. I looked over here and said, I don't know how much fun I'm going to have at this table, but you know what? I'm not going to let them sit alone. And then we sat with them. We have Fellowship Sundays at our church, and last week at Fellowship Sunday, we had a family sit at a table, and they've got a couple kids that are, that are a little um, energetic. <laughs> right? And, and I'm not in that stage of life anymore. I, I have teenagers, and, um, you know, the energetic ones, and you know what I went? I went and I sat with them. The, the, the five-year-old or six-year-old boy was like, Pastor, I'm moving. I'm sitting next to you. And he came and he sat here. Someone came and sat here. Sometimes, though, it's hard because there are people that are afraid to be included, and they just want to slip out. The challenge here is to include everyone. That doesn't happen by accident. Make sure everyone's included. You know, we can become too quickly a group of just the people that we interact with, our cliques, our Bible studies. Paul didn't want anyone left out. You know, the ground's level at the foot of the cross. Amen. And each of us needs the life that's found in the Word. Every once in a while, there, I don't want to tell you this, but I'm going to. What are you going to do? <laughs> right? It was nice knowing it's probably the last time I'll be here after this story, just in case you're wondering. Uh, you know, I always said in every family, there's a couple um, people that are little, they live in a different reality than we do. And uh, in our church, there was a, a woman who said, Pastor, I really need to talk with you. And you could tell that she scheduled this for Sunday. And she, she missed like three Sundays in a row. Every Sunday, she's like, can we meet Sunday? And I'm absolutely. And then she didn't come. Can we meet Sunday? Absolutely. Oh, this happened. That happened. My bunions. I don't know. There was always a story. And she came to church and she said, Pastor, can we talk? And I said, absolutely. She says, can we talk somewhere where no one else can hear us? And I was like, well... Can my wife be nearby? Would you mind? And so I have in my office, I have, you know, glass panel door like you guys have in the back. And I said, my wife will sit right outside the room. And as this woman started telling her story, now this, I usually don't tell my, about any stories about my wife. This story was so out there in left field. My wife slid up into the opening of the door and was looking at me like, Ooh, ooh, you know, she didn't do this, but I'm sure she was thinking it. It's one of those moments. You know, the truth of the matter is that woman needs a pastor too. That woman needs a pastor too. My first question to her was, are you on your meds? First question. Of course, pastor. Okay. This is the reality. Everybody needs to be included. Not just the cool people, not just the relevant people, not just the people that are uh, well-spoken. Everybody, everybody should be included. Read it to all. Command everyone. Look at our last point here, verse 28. This is the benediction. This is the prayer. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Church people should be a blessed people. A blessed people. I love it when I'm somewhere and I say, hey, how are you? And they'll say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Church people ought to be a blessed people. Now, can I tell you, I think church people should smile more. I think, I think church people should be happier. Can I just tell you this? You can be as happy as you want to be. Happiness is tied to our circumstances. It's happenstance, 
Joy is, is attached to who we are. When you let your joy out, it's amazing. You know, there's some days that are dark days. But can I tell you, uh, I, I, I know this to be true. You can be as happy as you want to be. Sometimes I don't want to be hung or happy. You ever get hangry? Yeah. Come on, let's just be, come on, let, can we get a witness? Somebody say, I, you know what, you get hungry and you get a little cranky at the same time. That's hangry. Right? I, I remember when my wife and I were first married and we first started dating, she, went, she would have like two pieces of rice and three kernels of corn. And, oh, fall. Please, give me the rest of that, baby, you know? I remember when she was pregnant with Joey, when she said if she was hungry, that means we have to eat now. Not in 30 minutes when I finish this task or when I get cleaned up. It is right now. Guys, I, if, if you're married for a while or if you're just kind of dating or if you want to be married one day, right? The quickest way to a woman's heart is through, not her diamonds, but through her belly. I'm not saying you got to like, you know, all kind of crazy stuff. But when, 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 when mom, she's looking at me now, I'm in trouble. It's okay. When mom is hungry, life is different, right? Get some Slim Jims, keep them in the car, right? A little bit of something here, something there. You know, I think we ought to be happier people. Well, it's a bad day. It's the, the sky's gray. It's going to rain. You could be happy. You could be blessed. Now, let me, let me build some support here. He starts this book the way he ends it with grace. Look at verse 1 of chapter 1. Paul and Silvanius and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. May the focus of this church be grace. I use the word blessed because that's what grace is. It's the undeserved blessings of God in our lives. Paul is praying for God's grace to be with them. It's interesting. I, I don't know if you've ever noticed this. But in the King James, the King James Bible, the Bible I'm using tonight, the Bible you're using, uh, the translators, when there was a translation of the language that came over that didn't quite make sense in our language, they would sometimes need to add a word that would give clarity to that. And when they did that, they were faithful to put those words in italics. Have you ever never noticed that? Right? It's, 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 you know, this word, kind of, it means this in this language. So when they translated the Bible, literally, the literal translation of the Scripture. So when you see in the King James, when you see a word that's in italics, that's not a design style. That is for you to indicate that that word is what gives us a little bit of connection and clarity there. What he's saying here is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ with you. With you. Don't forget it. Don't leave home without it. Don't serve without it. Don't, don't go to your in-laws without it. Don't, don't go into work without it. Don't go out. Listen, I, I remember when I was a teenager, we had a softball league in our church. We had four teams. I think my batteries are dying. Four different teams that would play. Can I tell you, those grumpy old men argued just about every, every close call they argued. The game just stopped. And we looked, we, the teenagers said, if we argued like that, they'd rebuke us. There's some grumpy old people playing church softball. They left that grace at home. I'm not hoping I wasn't like touching anyone here playing softball. Church basketball leagues? Oh, man. I don't, I don't, I don't even know. Right? We, we, we leave, we go through life with not being aware and thankful and grateful and attached to the grace of God. My son has a, a bank account in the same bank that, that I have an account in. And when he needs money, 
The text reads something like this. Yo, pops, can you drop some bread in my account? I'm going out here. I'm thinking, who is this kid? Like, he grew up on this, the bad mean streets of Philadelphia. Come on, bro. You know? Yo, pops, can I have some money? Can you put some money into my account? You know, there's been times I've put money in his account, and he didn't use it. And he went without. Can I tell you, God's graced us. And sometimes we just leave it there. You know, he's got grace for relationship troubles. He's got grace for fear and anxiety. He's got grace for pressures. He's got grace for, for physical challenges. He's got grace for financial problems. He's got grace for work challenges. He's got grace for that. He's saying, Paul's saying, may the grace of God be with you. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, have God's grace with you. Now, God's grace is his doing, right? Say amen. Amen. But it's something we need to receive and apply and prioritize. Can I tell you, if my kid came to me, one of my children came to me with a need, I would meet it as much as I could. We were in Walmart yesterday. It's a dangerous place to take your wife and daughter. And uh, we were at Walmart, and my daughter found this. I don't even know what it was. It looks like it like goes on her phone case, and it goes around her wrist, right? And, and, and she works one day a week, and so she's got a little bit of money to her name. And she, she was in line. She goes, Dad, um, here, she's giving me a 10 for her, her wrist thing and for the pack of gum. Right? Now, if it was my son, I would take it. Because that little scoundrel owes me. I said, I'll pay for it, Em. You don't need to pay. Right? I graced her a little bit. What if she went into her own line and her own lane? Now, maybe that was her plan. Was that your plan? Let dad pay? Of course not. That, she's not going to admit to that. Her mom's trained her well. What if she went in her own line and paid for it herself? She would have missed out on the benefit of having her father with her. How much more the life that we live do we go through that life and we miss out with having the father pick up the tab? I'm 45 years old. If my dad takes me to breakfast, I linger. I take my time touching the check. Right? I don't want to presume upon it, but I don't want to rob him of that opportunity. Right? And my son will say, Dad, you don't have to do that. I'm like, yeah, you'll see. Like, I'm going to hit pop-pop up later for that, you know? Hey, May the grace of God be with you. Church people should be a blessed people. Can I tell you, sometimes you're not blessed because you don't put yourself where the blesser is. And I'm not talking about some, 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 some you know, God-given millions that you're going to all of a sudden going to come across tonight. Or Billions. That somehow we're going to... No, no, no. Can I tell you, God wants to meet your needs. God wants to give you the joy. When you walk with Him and you're filled with the Spirit, joy just out... Just, just. And some of us walk around like curmudgeons. If you don't know what the curmudgeon is, look it up. Some of us walk around like I don't know, like we've, had the, like we've just had the worst day in the world. You might have, but your father's still on the throne. Church people ought to be a blessed people. When he's saying the grace ought to be with you, this isn't just some theological benediction that's, oh, grace and peace, my son. No, 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 no. He's saying, listen, may you live in the reality of the God who loves you that wants to meet your needs and walk with you in your trials, and take you through these situations and these problems, bring you through on the other side. Live in that reality. So church people ought to be a praying people. 
Church people ought to be a close people. Church people ought to be an inclusive people. But church people should be a blessed people. There's a word there, a helping verb, should. Should be. Doesn't mean we always are. May it not be said of us that we're not a praying people. Don't be distant. Well, so-and-so hurt me. Yeah, get with the program. That happens. Hey, listen, go out of your way to make sure everyone's included. And walk in the blessings of God. The old family radio, I don't know if anyone ever listened to family radio. There was a, when I was growing up and for a while, the, the late Robert E. Cook. Do you ever remember him? Anyone remember Robert E. Cook? And it was like right as we were getting ready in the morning. And he would always close his program, walk with the king today and be a blessing. That is ingrained in my heart and mind. But you know what? I tell you, walk with the king today and be blessed. Be blessed. Father God, thank you for the chance that we can gather in your house. Lord, a night of, uh, Lord, sweetness here. And I pray that you tonight would just bring these things to our hearts. Not just our hearts, but would you give us a, a projection? Lord, you tell us to meditate on your word. And when we meditate on it, we chew on it and we, we dream of what it would look like in our life. Lord, I pray that we would do just that tonight, that we would take this, just these few moments, that we've been encouraged by the home training for your house. Lord, I pray that we would be these people. Lord, we love you. We thank you for Calvary. We thank you for an awesome day in this place. And we pray that you would continue to be to us the God you've always been. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you can give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.